Welcome to the Macros for Life podcast, where we talk all things macros, business, and marriage. We're your hosts, Eve and Randall Guzman. Visit our website at www.gtransformationacademy.com, where you can download our free How to Track Macros guide. This guide has helped over 15,000 people start their macro tracking journey. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the Macros for Life podcast, where we talk all things nutrition, fitness, and business. And we have a business episode this week. I know we have a lot of fitness coaches that have been following us and are excited to get back into kind of like back to school time. So we're having a business coach one this week. And I'm so excited to have Kendall here as our guest today. What's up, you guys? Excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Eve. Cool. I'm so excited. We'll make sure we get like all of your information um, down into the show notes so that everybody can check you out because you do have multiple pages, which is great. I want to make sure everybody can find you. Um, But you are the founder and the creator of the Wealthy Women's Business Academy. And I'd love for you to tell everybody how you got started um, in the coaching space. What's up, you guys? I'm Kendall Stramful. So I'm a business coach, but I actually got started in the online health and fitness coaching space back in 2016 when I established my business. Um, but I started back on social media when I was just like a little peanut. So I started posting back on Instagram when Instagram like wasn't even really a thing. When you just like used Instagram to put like the Valencia filter over your food. So you showed people what you were eating during the day. Um, And I really got started because I actually was documenting my recovery journey on social media. And it was kind of like an accountability thing for me to recover. So long behold, I actually graduated high school with like almost 100,000 followers, which is crazy to think about. And um, that's kind of what was a catalyst for me getting into fitness coaching. So I started shadowing a trainer at a gym back in... I think it was like late 2016 and uh-huh. um from there i just started to really build momentum in my online presence and in an online business and i had this girl from switzerland reach out and she was like hey ken like will you coach me and i was like coach you? like what does that even mean um online <laughs> and i know we talked about this with you too eve but um i essentially just gave her a program and i had had several certifications at this time i actually dropped out of college to pursue personal training and so when she was asking me, I was like, okay, I guess this is like a thing. I made my first hundred, hundred bucks maybe from her. And uh-huh. um, from there, I was like, holy crap, like I can actually build a business through social media. I can help people through social media. And it was all just through sharing my my own journey. So that's how I got started in the fitness space. And then was it COVID hit and everybody was like, holy crap, what do I do? How do I get up line? Naturally, people started asking me. Ken, how the heck did you build a business? And that was the catalyst for me building up my accelerator program, which I now still have to this day. So that's kind of how I got kickstarted. It was all kind of like an accident. I just like fell into step after step after step. And that led me to where I'm at today, where I still have my fitness coaching company. And then we also have the Wealthy Women's Business Academy. Mm -hmm. That sounds kind of like me. I just fell into being a coach. It was the same thing. Help me. And I was like, people do this. And my account was just to showcase like me losing like my last 20 pounds. Yours was to showcase recovery. And then, you know, people stay along for the ride. 
And I don't want to say some of us get lucky, but like lucky plus grit and, you know, like putting yeah. your like, you know, pedal to the metal and like working the damn thing. Like you can build a business that has like integrity, that is successful. People are getting real results. Like you can lay your head on your pillow at night and not feel like, did I scam people? And you're like, you can truly help so many people. And I think COVID has been you know, one of the most talked about things that people say, like since COVID this and that, and it's been like negative, but for a lot of us in the coaching space, it has been very positive. Like, I know you've probably helped several hundred people that needed your program to actually pay the bills when they maybe lost their in-person gym. Yeah. I mean, even when it came to the fitness side of things, I helped a lot of really young women from mm -hmm. a young age. And like, it was just women who had never even understood the concept of not having a diet in their life. So even from, you know, first getting started in the fitness space, it was helping young women understand like, Hey, there's a different and alternative route to take rather than just like starving yourself or being on these crash diets or not knowing what even like weight training was. I think it wasn't also like as popular back in, in the day too. And so I think, you know, pre-COVID, right? It's like, that's really what a lot of my focus was. And I think it actually offered a lot of opportunity. You kind of have to ask, like, how many people would be online coaching if they hadn't gotten their jobs taken away from being in the gyms or, um, you know, just not knowing, like, what to what to do or where to turn, even if they weren't in a gym previously, would they be coaching if that didn't really come up? So, you know, I think it was, it was kind of like a little bit of a blessing. And, it made us innovate. And I think true entrepreneurs are innovators. So it's like when you have an opportunity like that come up, rather than being terrified and being like, holy crap, my life is about to shatter in front of my face. It's more like, okay, how do I actually use this to my advantage to support myself and then also make a massive difference in the world, whether it was with fitness coaching or whatever kind of coaching it was. So yeah, I mean, I'm like, I think about it all the time, like, thank God for COVID, thank God for COVID because, uh -huh. you know, I don't be sitting in the seat that I'm in today either if that if that didn't happen yeah we did a coach's corner call today where we have like a coach that just talks about their business how they grew they fail you know wins and all of these things and it was a coach I met pre-covid that took me through workouts and I asked her I said would you have ever created your online coaching business if COVID happened and she was like probably not I'd be at the same boutique gym and you would have been just a girl I met because I had the conversation with her. I was like, you would make a great online coach, like not hard pitching, but she was like a ray of sunshine. Like you have so much to offer. And now she has like this killer business because COVID happened. And for me and probably you, it taught me so much. Like I learned how to pivot. So many online coaches were like, oh my God, no one has money. No one's going to buy. Our business that year tripled. Because yeah. everybody was like at home crying and I'm like, y'all can cry, but I'm about to figure this shit out. Yeah. yeah. And like people totally. needed help, like more people than ever were actually trying to lose weight, get fit because they were at home eating. Like you and I have been working from home. We had more um, like discipline and structure and like having the kitchen across from us where everybody else was the new concept. And then coaches yeah. coming online when they used to go... Um, oh my God, how do I like start a business online? I'm like, it's so easy. And they're like, it's so hard. And I mean, right. it was like the time of pivoting. Yeah. yeah. It's also hard when you kind of pull back the veil and you see what's possible. Like when you see, when I see trainers in the gym, I'm like, 
you don't have to be making $9 for like a 30 minute session or like $20, whatever it is nowadays for, you know, you have the world at your fingertips when you're online and when you're on social too. And I think that was the biggest awakening we saw through that time frame. So yeah, I'm really grateful for it. And I think there's also still so much more opportunity in the, like the coaching space. I think it's still kind of a baby to be honest. And I think there's still so much capacity and so much room for people to build a coaching business and get more educated. There's like more certifications out there than ever now too, that we didn't have access to pre COVID either that I think people just built in the weeds of COVID. So I think that's why it's just become like a big blessing for our whole entire industry, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now, when you started coaching coaches at that time, um, what were you seeing that coaches had as like the biggest obstacles, fears when creating their business? Like, what were the biggest things that you were like, this is the thing that I need to help people become successful with as you were like sculpting like your different um, business offers? Yeah. So pr- before this all happened, I'd been business coaching for about a year. And I was primarily focusing on systems. So I was primarily focusing on like, how do you get organized? How do you build up a sales process? How do you build up client deliverable systems so that you can take on more clients? And it was kind of easy because so many people who were just getting into the space didn't have the systems, but they were just posting and generating leads. Back then, I think lead gen was definitely a little bit easier than it is nowadays, for sure. And they just needed the system side. And I had built the system side without even having really invested in mentorship. So that's where I started off. And then I realized that when it hit, you know, if new coaches were looking to get online, the biggest obstacle was blocks in their creative process with understanding even who like their ideal avatar is. They're so used to coaching people in the gym who are just, you know, general population or like someone who has gout in their knee or, you know, just something random like that. And so coaches didn't really know how to attract an ideal client when, coming to the online space, more or less even like posting content. A lot of people I think had this massive and still do to this day, this massive fear, just showing up, making themselves more seen on social, getting on their stories. Um, I don't even, were stories around? I think stories were around by the time COVID happened. But, yeah. Maybe know. right before. I don't even remember yeah. how long stories are. They're like right? such a part of our live every day that I don't even remember <laughs> the exact date. I'd have to look it up. Which is like a diary and a documentation at this point. Um, but yeah, I think the the biggest limiting belief I saw was a lot of people asking, like, what even is this? And is it possible for me to grow this thing online when they first got started? I think a lot of people got so stuck and still do to this day in the how of like, what are the first few steps to take? And I think the real question they're asking themselves is like, who am I? Who do I actually want to serve? And how can I support these people? I don't think a lot of people were looking at their skill sets and what their superpowers are and what they're actually good at as a coach. So I think that was a lot of what I saw just getting kickstarted um, was people having that fear of showing up, being seen, and then knowing actually how to take their first few steps. And that's where I decided to really pivot and look at, okay, how do we help people not only, you know, become more reputable in the space, get more educated as a coach, but how do we also teach people how to build an offer for a specific avatar that they can then learn how to sell, to deliver, and then Um, Now, what we really prioritize and focus on is like, how do we put marketing strategy behind all of that once they lay the foundation? And um, I think that's, you know, that's been like my forte and the thing that I love doing nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's like so needed in the space because people do become, uh, they come paralyzed 
and then they don't do anything and they just scroll and watch and compare. And then they dig like a deeper and deeper hole of not going after anybody. And then once they get like enough nerve to post something, it's like speaking to everybody. It's like so generalized. There's no emotion. There's no empowerment to make a choice. It's just information. And I'm like, a lot of coaches are spending so much time putting the same information that their people can, you know, legitly just go find on the internet, but they're not really looking for like what you said, like what are, what is like their superpower? Yeah. I think like so much of what's missing in our space, especially like just in the fitness coaching space in general is, you know, a lot of people figure out the problem, the solution for their ideal client, but they're not really building a brand around it. So they're missing this like identity and this personality piece behind their brand. And if we're being super honest, no one's really re like we're not really reinventing anything or inventing anything super new. Like there are tons of body recomp coaches. There are tons of coaches who help people through gut restoration. You know, even people who have their um, you know their registered dietitians, whatever it might be. It's like we're not really doing anything too too different or too new. So it's like, why is someone going to choose you over the next coach? And a lot of that comes down to knowing who you are as an individual and the brand that you want to build. And I think this is kind of the missing piece for so many fitness coaches that they don't really learn about brand or brand identity or how to set themselves apart. It's more like, let me just go inspire people or put out educational information. And because of that, it's really hard for them to show up and sell their offer. And the worst part that I notice, even maybe, I don't know if you agree with this, but it's the it's like the smartest coaches. It's like the coaches who are the most reputable. They're really logical. They have so much education. They're mm -hmm. the ones who have the, I find have the hardest time. I'm like, you're the one who should have 200 people on your coaching roster, you know, compared to some, you know, there's new coaches who have never even touched a macro or never even touched, um, you know, a protocol, not to say that they shouldn't be coaching, but at the end of the day, like the educational piece is really fundamental. So I think that's the missing piece for a lot of coaches nowadays is understanding like, what's your brand identity, what sets you apart from someone else so that you're not generalized and people will actually come to you more than the next coach. It's not even like come to you and then like look at other options it's like they come to you because you're just the person that they resonate with yeah i agree a lot because coaches will go man why is that co new coach getting so many clients whether they can really tell the exact number are they getting 100 10 7 18 like whatever the number is but it is like the connection piece that's happening with their personality and one of the things that I will say is like the longer that you stay in that rut of only putting out educational information that's just on repeat constantly, once you get to like that kind of that edge of like jumping off the cliff where you're like, I'm going to change my content. I'm going to do everything new. I'm going to say what I want to say. It's going to be so hard if you wait because you do become stuck in your ways and then you get tied up in the thought of, well, people are going to say I've changed. I'm different. And like from the jump, that's why I tell people be yourself. They're buying you not just more information and you want them to connect from the very first time that you decide to make either a new account, if that's what you're going to do, or from the point that you decide like this is going to be like a side hustle that I'm going to start, you know, showing more of what I'm doing. But like from day one, I recommend being yourself and saying what you want to say. Even if you're like, I'm vanilla, no one is going to find me interesting. People always think that I am boring. People like watching people. I don't care what you're doing. There is yeah. going to be a, gr a group of people that, that want to watch you every day and then buy your stuff. And then the next coach will be like, why do they want to buy their stuff? 
there's your people for you. Like they're out there, but I think people, the longer you wait to be yourself, it becomes so hard because then you feel like you're reverting back and are worried what people are going to think. Yeah. I mean, a big part of that too, Eve is, um, it's not just attracting the right people too. It's also repelling the people that you don't want to work with because we all know as coaches, how important it is for us to provide safety inside of a container and inside of a program. You know, it's not your responsibility to try and sell everybody into your program. It's your responsibility to sell the people that are a vibe for the community. They're going to contribute in a positive way or whatever way that you paint the picture of for your brand. Um, and it's, it's a matter of you producing content and being yourself in a way to where sometimes people just aren't going to like you. And that's kind of a good thing. Like, I honestly say, whenever you start to have people who are like, that person is not my vibe, at least you have a vibe. Like, at least people understand at this point, like you're some kind of vibe and you're not for them. I think that's where you really get to build a strong community. And when you look at a coaching business, I mean, if you want to retain clients, if you want clients who are compliant, and you have to also bring them in from a perspective of like, they're your people. And they actually are going to be receptive of you as a mentor and as a coach. Uh-huh. And a lot of it requires you to repel people too. And that was probably like one of the hardest things, even for myself, like I'll admit is that I grew up like such a people pleaser. And it was so hard for me when I started to really cultivate a brand and realize like, wow, I'm not for everybody. I was like, why? why? Like, are you sure? Like, maybe let me switch myself a little bit. Like, let me do a little bit of different. (laughs) Like, it's so easy to get caught up in that. And habitual leadership is all about just like doing the behavior over and over again until you realize like you're in a position where you're just yourself and you just get to be yourself. So doing the identity work and unpacking that is huge too, because how do you expect to build a brand you love if you don't even know who you are? And it's not that you need to get caught up in that thought loop. I know a lot of people say, well, let me figure it out. Let me think about it. Like, you don't need to think about it. The more you just keep taking action, the more you're going to learn who you are, the things you like, the things you don't like, people that piss you off, the people you like, like whatever it might be, the more you take action on things, the more you start to understand that. And I think that's where a lot of people get themselves caught like a cog in a wheel. They're just trying to think about it or figure it out versus like, just go take action. Like you're going to figure out who you are more and more, the, the more that you take the action. Yeah. Action or clarity always comes from taking action. Like there's no way around that. There's like no way. Like you don't know until you actually try anything. Yeah. You never yeah, just, just to give perspective for anyone listening. Like I was 18 when I left school. I dropped out of school and I came from a family where like school was just like not an option. It was like you're going to college. It's like the traditional normal thing to do. I like dropped out, moved to California. I was basically like just at this point, I had no idea, you know, it's like ignorance is, I was just like, is bliss sort of thing. And I just kept taking action and taking action. And it slowly over time helped me develop my business, but also who I was. And I look back at myself, I'm like, that's psychotic. Like, that's literally psychotic behavior to think I was just like, doing the thing that didn't make any sense at all at the time. But it, it was that action and consistently just taking it that was like, holy crap, I'm just falling into the next step and the next step. So yeah, action is the thing. You don't get the clarity than action. So I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So I know you love helping coaches like get in, you know, on that ground level, identifying who they are, building their personal brand and starting to connect with people. But I also know you love sales psychology. Yes, I'm a sucker for sales psychology. I think it's <laughs> like the number one thing every coach should learn. So if you put like sales psychology, like on your website, on your post, do you think a lot of coaches are like, oh, that's the thing that I need? Um, Absolutely not. No. Coaches are like, (laughs) okay, third path. How do I generate leads? How do I make sales? Like that's like the number one thing, you know, I think so many people focus on, which makes sense, right? Like you need 
you need sales in order to run a business, but sales psychology are the fundamentals, not just being, in my opinion, just from my own experience, it's not just the fundamentals of getting more clients in the door. It's how you create better content. It's how you coach, especially how you coach. Like if you're a good salesperson at heart, like influential and actually like authentic sales, you're going to be an incredible coach. You're also going to have a lot more boundaries inside of your program. And I think a lot of coaches don't think about that when they hear sales psychology. Mm -hmm. They definitely don't. I think for me, because I didn't learn, I didn't understand what sales psychology was in the beginning. I was hardly getting anybody in the door. And then once I realized there was like a difference between like, being like a hardcore like salesperson, like being salesy, being weird, like being just like on top of people versus like storytelling and what it, what true sales psychology was. I was like, oh, this is something I actually can do. And I was taking baby steps at it, you know, messing up a lot, but I was, and I had no idea, like they're completely different. So how would you describe it to somebody listening? That's like, what is she talking about? Yeah, this is really good. A really good question. I look at sales psychology as truly understanding human behavior like truly understanding what it takes to get somebody who is stuck and be the pattern interrupt for them through the sales process to get them to choose a different reality for themselves, to get them to choose to take action on something that is going to completely change their life. And um, really, I mean, the, the word psychology being in there, I think that that's the biggest indicator is just learn what human behavior is like, learn how people actually make decisions and what kind of decision makers people are. When you learn it at a basic level that you can then learn it for your specific ideal client and you'll see the patterns of how people make decisions and it makes everything in your business so much easier, including, like I said, coaching. Um, and more importantly, like we talked about earlier, Eva, is like you have people that you're going to attract but also repel. And when you understand sales psychology, it's a lot easier for you to also have that healthy detachment in the sales process where you're not constantly looking at, oh my gosh, this person DM'd me. I'm so excited. And then they don't DM you the next day and you're sad. And you know, then they DM you again to book a call, but then they no show. So it's just this constant roller coaster. I think when you understand human behavior, you have this more lean back energy in sales that allow for you to attract more people versus chasing people, which is not cute. Don't do that. <laughs> don't don't chase people. It's not cute. So yeah. I think you described me in the beginning. I used to get so excited when people would message me, even probably more excited, even when I had my first business coach, it was like on another level because I had made the investment. I wanted to make my money back. And anytime someone DM me, it was like, oh my gosh, at least I'm about to get a step closer to making my investment back. Almost like proof of me making progress. Kind of like if you get on the scale, a pound is down. Oh, I'm making progress. I'm doing good. People DMing me. Oh, I'm making progress. I'm doing good. And when they would ghost me, I would get upset. When I would do sales calls, discovery, consults, whatever you want to call them, I went through all kinds of approaches. Some would tell me no on the phone or maybe someone would go, yeah, I'm signing up today. And then they would ghost me. Or just like if it was through DM combos and they're like, I'm getting ready to buy, give me the link. I was so attached to the outcome. I was driving my, myself nuts. I felt like I was like on a dieting roller coaster until 
I started to understand like the psychology of sales, how to remove myself from it, how to be more abundant, how to attract people. Like I was so caught up in the yes or no. And until I learned it, like a lot of things didn't change for me. I was just like hanging on to every thread for someone to say yes. Yeah. And that's the, that's the fastest way in business to burn out because it's, it's you stepping into people pleaser mode. It's stepping into like, how do I produce content that's going to sell? Not like, how do I produce content that I actually want to produce? That's actually for my ideal client. That's actually something that I like to to do. And I think that's the cycle I'm seeing the most in the coaching space right now is people attaching to their lead generation or people attaching to the outcome of their sales or even the outcome of their coaching coaching programs. Like some of these are just dichotomies to manage versus like an actual problem. And when we're attached to the outcome of the sale or the refund or whatever it is, that's how I think coaches burn out the fastest. And I went through the cycle myself, I actually almost dissolved my entire company back in 2019 because I went through that, that similar cycle. And um, it's not an easy one also because there's your own psychology that you have to look at. And then you also uh-huh. have learning the psychology of sales. So, you know, um, it's a matter of also looking at and identifying like what what's triggering you throughout your sales process. Is it when someone DMs you? Is it when someone um, ghosts you? Like where are you getting triggered throughout that process? And like go get the professional support that you need to do the work. Um, you know, obviously lean into learning more about sales, but the more you do the identity work for yourself too, the easier sales are going to become for you because you start to become more confident about how you can serve people and you know you become more confident in your offer and that's that's another big part of sales psychology is like when you know how good your offer is it's going to be easy for you to show up and sell it and be detached from the outcome because you know that you're putting everything on the table that's showing someone hey look this is the reality possible for you and you're supporting them to lead themselves into that decision Um, and so i think that's what a lot of coaches when they understand their own psychology they also understand sales psychology, it's a lot easier for them to make sales without burning out so much or being detached from, you know, the outcome. Yeah, I see the same thing, especially like in the first year of coaching. um, If people aren't converting enough, and they get so caught up in it, even when they're kind of left hanging, they have these things that they're like, cultivating in their mind. I'm not good enough. They, you know, Gina didn't respond back because this Tiffany, because like things you don't even know, Tiffany's not even thinking about this like anymore, or Tiffany's on to this, or you didn't know Tiffany was this type of buyer. Um, just all of these things. And it just festers and a lot of people give up. But I know you and I both know the people in this business that don't give up, they're always successful, but a lot of people do give up. They do. Yeah, I think it bouncing off of what you said about like the type of buyer and, and understanding, I think what a lot of people who haven't maybe studied sales psychology don't ne- necessarily understand it. I always like to bring it back to um, if you've done like an NASM certification or something like that or took psychology, you have that, uh, was it like the the trans theoretical model for change mm-hmm. where, um, you know, you have like the con- like pre-contemplation, contemplation, and then you have like action, maintenance. I like to bring that up when I think about sales because sometimes people are in a stage where they're not even aware that they have a problem and they're not aware that you have a solution because they've been on your page for quite literally two minutes. And, you know, if they just happen to get a DM from you or they DM you and they're not really sure of like what their problem is, they haven't identified that or the struggle. um, We can't really expect them as coaches to like right away want to buy from us. And I think when you look at sales psychology, it also takes time for someone to shift their own 
understanding of what's possible for them and understand the pain point. And it's our jobs as coaches through our content and through sales to make that really apparent and to show somebody, Hey, like you think consistency is the issue. Consistency isn't the actual issue. There's underlying things. It's our job as a coach to get to the root of that because we're essentially the pattern interrupt for both people on the sales call. And then when they get into the program consistently, because, you know, at at some point your client's going to do something where you need to call them out um, or you need to guide and lead them. And so, you know, whether it's not checking in or whatever it is, like that's, that's the whole reason they need your program is because they've consistently had this pattern and this behavior and you're the interrupt to that pattern and behavior. And so that's why I would say like the sales psychology plays into coaching so much, because if you're attached to the sale, it's more than likely you're going to have that same attachment to your client's progress. And then you're just co-enabling the client to become dependent upon you rather than actually let them lead themselves with your guidance. And that's why I love sales so much because becoming a great salesperson also means becoming an even better coach when it comes to at least the leading, the guiding, the psychology aspect for behavior change, which we're all in the science of behavior change as as coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think you made a good point of like a lot of people not knowing that they have cold people on their page essentially is what you're saying when they don't even know that they have a problem. Sometimes they don't even know that they're making this, they're making a mistake or the same mistakes over and over. And so a lot of people's leads don't go from cold to warm to hot. They're just there and they're stagnant. And it makes that turnover time from like follower to client just become huge. Like that time in between is months and months. Um, It can also become years. I mean, I've had people take a long time to convert. Yeah. Yeah. And like just posting about like protein and how to hit your protein is not convert. Like it's not getting you conversions. I think that's the biggest thing with coaches. It's like, I know you love to educate. I know that, but it's like, we also have to learn how to, to, not just look at like the surface level pain point, because if you just keep posting like nutrition tips and workout tips and your daily exercises or whatever it is, it's so nitty gritty. And it's so, but it's also so broad. It's like this pain point that is not really targeting maybe anyone specific. Now, if you build an awesome brand where people just love you and are attracted to you as an individual, then maybe they're going to look at that and be like, wow, I need these workout tips and these nutrition, this nutrition. And then they get in your DMs and you have a further conversation with them. That's awesome. I will say I totally got away with that, by the way. Like back in 2017, I was just posing like my glute videos, like, oh my gosh, thinking back to it, I just like have <laughs> to troll myself. But, um, you know, I totally got away with it in the beginning of my coaching career. And I educated on my stories, which is where I, you know, had the bulk of like the, the educational information, but also like, hey, here's how I can help you. And you know, if you're going to post about like your protein, protein tips or whatever, like talk about the specific reason as to like why your specific ideal client needs to learn about that. What's it preventing them from? What's it holding them back from? What are the things that once they integrate these protein snacks or tips, like what are they going to get out of that? And why are you the best person to teach them about this? And I think that's where a lot of people miss the mark. Uh Um, And it's, there's all this like, let me go to this other coach's page for inspiration or let me look what other people are put. Please don't do that. That's not a content strategy. That doesn't No, It's just like super unoriginal, you know? Um, so I think it, it all starts with really understanding the ideal client and also understands with like, how are you the best person to help them and how do you even help them through yeah. the pain points they struggle with? Yeah. Big time. I think what you just said is why people think the space is so saturated People are looking for the differentiation between like picking a coach 
And it's going to be like likability, personality, like that's one thing, but also like, are you the person that's going to help them? I have so many pages that I follow um, that I love their content, but I know that I would never buy something from them. People I've followed for a little bit of time, some pages I've been following for three years. Um, but just like think about like some of the pages you follow, you probably know what people you would buy from and which ones you wouldn't, but then think about why you wouldn't buy from the other people. And there's probably a running theme with all of those pages. Um, but like, this is the stuff that makes you stand out. And it's not that hard. It's not that you have like the best hair, the best body, the best like cohesive feed, like all of your workout uh, clothing is like in whatever capsule color that, you know, whatever it is, like all your like last 27 posts, all the clothes are matching and there's the same hue. It's not even about that stuff. And I yeah. think people feel this need to, I'll just do what another page is doing that has a lot of followers, but like it's turning off like who you, who you are for people to actually find you. And people can just tell when that shit is fake. Like they, <laughs> they, like they know, like they can tell when you're like trying to do something that's not within who you actually are. Like, I think what a lot of people get stuck on is they think they have to like be funny or silly or be this like huge personality. And that's not always the case. Like there are maybe people that you serve in corporate that have very specific, you know, um, pain points that want someone who's like more still and more grounded and like speaks about very specific topics and share, share certain worldviews. It's, it's not just like how you show up. It's the things you talk about. It's the, the opinions that you have, like thought leadership is the easiest way to attract the right kind of people. In my personal opinion is like, share your opinions. Like you're going to piss some people off, but at least it's you, you know, at least it's you at the end of the day. And you're not even trying to be polarizing. You're just literally being yourself. And if people don't like you, they don't like you, but the people who do like you are like your people. And, um, it doesn't always mean you have to be this person. You're not. And like I said, I mean, people can tell, I think that's the biggest thing. People can just tell, like, if you're trying to like dance and you hate dancing and you also maybe suck at it, like I do, then just don't dance. Cause I tried that at some point. I was like, let me do the dance. No, like, I just don't have moves at all. So we just, We'll archive those. Well, I actually left them up on my page, but I should probably archive those. It's just like, it's not cute, guys. It's really not. I have a couple. We try. Now, when you said that, I'm like, maybe I should archive. There was like one in particular. I'm like, I'm thinking I might want to archive that. I just like go back and troll myself. I just have to, like, I just have to go back and look at like my old page. Cause if you don't have a cringe worthy previous version of yourself, like, I'm sorry, you should. Like, I think everybody should. I look back at my old content. I'm like, oh my God. But it shows the growth. It shows that you like fail forward. You failed fast. You got up, you did something different. Like you should see your growth as you scroll through your page. Even if it's your first year in business, like month one versus month 12 should be completely different. Yeah. I think everyone wants to skip that part. It's like, they just want it to be like perfect immediately. It's like, that's where all of the, that's where all the good stuff comes from. It's like the, the time when you're like, what the hell am I doing? And is this working? And this looks like shit. And I'm going to post it. Anyway. You know, you got to start somewhere. So I used to put the little, like I said earlier, like the Valencia, like pictures of like my donut was like half, like pictures, like half my face thought it was like real cute, like mm-hmm. barely like put selfies and stuff that just like didn't even make sense for social media but you have to start somewhere so you have to yeah do you think there's something that holds coaches back 
um, from going back to your example of like your protein foods and your protein tips, but do you think there's something that holds coaches back from putting in that post things about why protein is, is great for that specific client and why you are the coach that can help them with whatever pain point, struggle, outcome, transformation. Is there something you think is holding people back from doing something like that in their content? I think that there are a few reasons why, um, and I guess it depends on the individual. I think the number one thing that I see is people trying to build and scale so fast that they skip over actually figuring out who their ideal client is, like really figuring out who their ideal client is, mm-hmm. uh, which can totally evolve over time. I just don't think enough coaches sit down to look at the identity of the person that they actually work with. Like what pisses them off? What makes them happy? What makes them cry? What What's their their behavior with their coworkers? What does it look like when they get into bed at night? What's it like when they wake up in the morning? What are their clothes like? You know, asking all these questions. I think a lot of this also comes down to coaches doing their own identity work and shedding their own layers to look at like, what are the behaviors I've maybe previously had that resonate with my ideal client? And um, it's like people want to pump out this content machine and they're not slowing down enough to really look at the the important stuff. So I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is kind of like what we just talked about, where people are looking for inspiration from other coaches and they think they have to be this like certain type of coach and they're not trying to be themselves. They're trying to be someone else because it's Mm -hmm. working for a certain person. And so it's kind of like this copycat behavior and it's becoming so prevalent on social media. It is just like, we. I know we talked about this previously, but it is just like everywhere. I'm also on an unfollow spree. So, you know, just unfollow the people um, because when you have unconscious consumption and you're just scrolling and you don't even realize it, um, you're consuming content that sometimes you're like, oh, let me just like, you know, get an idea from this. And you're pulling it from proximity of what's in your memory. You're pulling from other coaches' pages if you only follow coaches. So like change up who you follow, look for inspiration in the the day-to-day. And content is everywhere. So I think that's an, that kind of the third thing is uh, we talked about this too, is like you can literally talk about anything and people are so rushed through their day because they're so focused on forward momentum that they're actually not building momentum. They're just going through the motions. And so because of that, it's not actually allowing for them to pick up on the really small moments in their day that could be an amazing piece of content and to be a better storyteller because they're not actually taking the time to look at what happened in their day to tell a story about it. It's mm-hmm. very, this is how I can help you. I'm like, I'm so excited that you can share how I can help everyone. But can you talk about like something about yourself every once in a while? Like, who are you? Why should I follow you? Um, and actually create more, more copy that's captivating and captures an, an image and a feeling. And a lot of people miss out on that. I think it's a lot of people are uncomfortable sitting in that and thinking about their own day and their own feelings and their ideal clients feelings too. I feel like that's good food for thought. I think a lot of people will listen to that right now and they will be triggered to slow the fuck down. Yeah. (laughs) Whether they'll do it or not is going to definitely be on them. Um, But when I feel like that, I know that I have to slow down. And people, like you said, I think it was point one, like pumping out the content. People don't want to rely on the fact that less but with more quality is better then you thinking you have to post, you know, six to seven times per week, and that's going to actually scale you like a whole bunch of content that has zero thought leadership will not get you there. The number one thing I see when coaches ask me to audit their accounts is it's missing them. 
personality, storytelling, their viewpoints. It's like you, you, you. Like the thing, it's it's either videos, images, photos of them and or stuff about them. And that creates the disconnect, um, especially when your client is moving through like the, you know, different pillars of like sales psychology, like they kind of get to a point and they stop. There's no bridge to cross because like you're the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And that level of connection that you create in content is also what you see inside of the program too. So if you feel disconnected from clients, like anybody listening, if you're disconnected from a client and you're wondering like, why don't they message me or why are they not asking questions? It's like, you probably didn't put yourself on, you know, put yourself into your content or into the sales process enough to where you made them feel safe enough or understand who you are enough for them to open themselves up either. And that's like my, always my biggest recommendation is like you building the relationship with a client doesn't start inside of the container. It starts like being vulnerable on social media because then you're showing other people, Hey, like you can actually share the things that you're struggling with. Cause I'm also sharing those things you know, through my own content and it kind of just provides that level of safety for people. So yeah, I want to see more of it. Like everybody listening, like take, go back, take notes, like write this down, (laughs) think about what you actually need to apply to your life. Don't just listen to this shit and then like skip over it. I think that's the biggest thing is like consciously consume as much as you can um, because that's how you actually take the action on the things that you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think since we talked last, I unfollowed at least a hundred people and I've got like 200 more to go. Yeah. <laughs> I hope nobody's listening. Like, are they going to be me? And I'm like, mm. <laughs> I love you. Like, I mean, you have to be careful. <laughs> yeah. You just, I mean, you definitely have to be careful. If someone yeah. was like, okay, Kendall told me, Kendall told me that I need to be focusing more on like my ideal clients, dreams, wants, things that, um, they hate things that keep them up awake at night. Cause like, let's be honest, like clients are running away from pain. They're trying to run towards comfort and that has to be in your content. Um, but would there be any advice or any place you would tell somebody to go to try to figure out what are like the needs, wants, and desires of their ideal client so they can figure out how to speak to them? Yeah. So I I have a few different things I always like to look at. So if you already have the ideal client, you know, like what, you know, not just demographics and psychographics. I think that's one thing people confuse their ideal client with. But if you have a general idea of the niche and the problem that they have and the way that you provide a solution, that's a great starting point. I always like to write out a character story. So this is when you basically write from start of day to end of day. What does this person do? Um, they wake up in the morning, they put on their clothes, they look in the mirror, they feel dissatisfied, they're, they, you know, their clothes aren't fitting them, they run up the door, all they've had is a cup of coffee, and they're headed to their nine to five job. So you're basically writing out everything that happens in a single day in this person's life. And you can kind of pick up the little pain points, right? Like they're grabbing a coffee, they didn't even grab a granola bar, like you could have at least got some carbs in you, right? So it's like you get to pick those little pieces apart. And you get to open up these little kind of painful moments. Like you said, you've like pain. It's basically just poking at the pain is what you're doing. Um, And you can kind of share the future vision of what it could look like if they work through these things or what are some solutions you can, you know, give. I think if you go macro strategy all the time, you're not really hitting home with people. So when you have those little micro moments in the day that you can dissect, you start to be able to tell stories about maybe an experience you had or that a client had, or maybe you're telling it in a story the way that they are going about their day because you maybe had conversations in the DMs or, um, you know, helped previous clients through it. I think that character story is probably the easiest way to just get the ball rolling on it. Outside of that, your clients are like your best 
people to think about how to encapture all of the different pain points that your ideal client struggles with if you have clients on your roster because they're the ones that are ideal already and you're they're experiencing pain points every day through every check-in. Um, any coach listening, I would recommend after your check-in day, I know you might go through like 20 check-ins, whatever it is, but take like an hour to just dissect, like what did you learn about your clients through the check-in process this week? What's a reoccurring theme coming up? What would that look like? Give me a specific example of it in your life or in your client's life. And um, breaking those points down is the easiest way, in my opinion, to produce content. Yeah, that's where I used to create most of my content from. When I had more one-on-one clients, it was just who I was working with. Like I didn't spend time, a lot of time um, in my, my opinion back then, like being salesy, I was talking about my own clients and then I was like, Oh my God, I know how to sell story. I, I know how to tell stories. Oh my God. I know how to market. I didn't even know what I was doing, but I focused so much time on who I was helping and then talking about them that I started doing exactly what you were doing. And I had no idea. I had no idea I was doing it. It was, I just knew I was getting more clients. Yeah. Instead of talking about fucking protein all the time. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's also sometimes just, it's like in the moment too. Like there are stories that you have in the moment and people are addicted to chaos. Like, let me just tell you guys the, the most story views, the most likes I've ever gotten on photos or videos is always like the chaotic moments that happen in my life that people are just like, give us more. So, um, and where I feel like we all low key love chaos a little bit. So that's, that's another thing. That's like a whole other topic, but um, you know, being able to identify like what are the little moments in your day that you could just bring up and tell a story about. And sometimes people have like other also people have vanilla lives too, and they want to see how you're living your vanilla life and making it fun. So, you know, that's a thing. Yeah, I think I, I mean I think people really take that for granted. Like, and all of us don't have chaos all the time. Well, hopefully a lot of us don't, but we have vanilla moments and then we have like salted caramel, and then it's like rocky, I don't even know all the flavors. It's all over the place. Yeah, like whatever, double chocolate, brownie, chocolate chips, more, whatever it is. Like we have times (laughs) like that. But I think people just want to play it safe and then copy content or styles that they think other people are doing well with. And then you become like extra vanilla all the time um, and no one buys anything. Yeah, I think just finishing this point we talked about the desensitization of content, social media. And I realized I had like an epiphany moment after our podcast last time. Eve, it was like, for me, I was scrolling through my, you know, my feed and I'm like, unfollow, unfollow. And then I'm like, you know what, what's, why is this boring to me? Like, what about this content is boring? Which is a really maybe weird question to ask. Usually it's like, oh, what about this content do I love? But I'm like, why Mm -hmm. am I just, what is it about this that I'm seeing the same thing? I'm like, it's not giving me a sensory experience. And I think that's in the last year, what I've seen happen on social media, especially in the coaching space is like, there's not much where there's some kind of sensory experience. Not that every post has to be one. It doesn't always have to be a story, but if you're constantly just speaking at people, you lose trust with people. And so rather than speaking at them, like bring them in with you and create that feeling, bring them to the moment specifically versus just speaking at them and saying, Hey, this is how you can do this. Or here are three tips for this. Um, I would personally love to see more of that. And I think that's also what a lot of people are missing. I think after COVID, we lost a lot of connection. And then when you see the lack of connection through content on social, it just like exacerbates that. So Uh that's what I personally would love to see on socials. 
Yeah, me too. I want to be like we used to be. Yeah. Bring like the old Instagram back. I mean, <laughs> when a lot of people like truly grew, like growth is a whole nother topic, but it only happens with people that are vulnerable and they're like bringing people with them versus like the talking at them. Like you become more of an authority when you have thought leadership and you bring people with you versus like you're just talking at them. People think it's the other way around. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Cool. This was such a great chat today. I think it's, I think we have like a lot of things that people can actually put into action, think about a lot of triggering things that will make people like ask deep questions of themselves. But like, if you don't take the time to sit with this stuff, you're just going to spin your wheels and do the same thing. And you'll keep asking yourself, like, why am I not getting any leads? Why are people not buying my thing? And a lot of it does come down to like sales psychology. It's usually a marketing issue somewhere. Um, like all of us probably have the potential within us to be great coaches, but we have to come back to like the ground level and that's going to be us. It's not that everybody doesn't want to buy. It's not that people don't have money because they're spending more money than ever right now, more money than ever. And it usually is an issue we have to fix with us. Yeah. But nobody wants to hear that. Bars. <laughs> so where can people find you? I know you have a couple um, of Instagram accounts. I know your main one is Kendall Strample, but... Tell us more of where they can find you or any um, freebies that you might have that can relate to some of the stuff we talked about today. Yeah. So if you want to find me on both YouTube and Instagram, it's just my full name, Kendall Strample. And if you actually head to the link in my bio on that page, I have tons of free resources. The top one that you guys would probably take away from this episode is I actually have a content that converts bootcamp um, that would probably be really applicable to everything we chatted about today. So grab that if you guys want to. And then also our business coaching page, which is just www.bizbiz Academy on Instagram. And I also have a podcast, the Strive for Strength podcast. If you guys want to catch the episode with Eve also that just came out. So yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I know. Thank you so much. This has been another good conversation. All right, you guys, I hope you guys have loved this content today. Definitely check out the links in our show notes to get some more help and get those freebies. Until the next time, we hope you guys download, subscribe and like and share our content and we'll see you on the next one. Bye, you guys. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Make sure you like, share, and tag us on Instagram. Also, subscribe to our channel so you don't miss future episodes. In the meantime, be healthy and get wealthy.